It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures today, to be able to open up God's Word and study all of those rich truths that He has communicated to us therein. The Bible is not just a book filled with a bunch of information, or a lot of gobbledygook, or just a lot of incidental kind of writings. We're talking about the most important body of knowledge that exists in the world or ever has existed. We're talking about the mind of God communicated to us through the Bible. What a blessing for us to be able to gather each day and search the Scriptures and read through and study those teachings so that we can be better equipped and better enabled to make the right choices for our lives as to how we're going to live before God. It's a special blessing for me to be able to share with you these truths today with Dennis Stackhouse. Well, thank you, Gary. It's certainly a wonderful privilege for me to be on the program with you today, and I'd like to add my word of welcome to those who are listening to us. And, you know, I was intrigued, as you said, that the Bible is just not a bunch of writings. Uh, in essence, it's not just some mindless gibberish recorded for people. Uh, I thought about something that John said in the, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, and it really gets to the, one of the reasons that the Scriptures were recorded the way that they were. He said, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Now, what a magnificent, all-encompassing purpose we find in those verses. Yes, very profound, oh. very directed, very focused. Yes. Now, how about that last chapter of John, chapter 21, mm -hmm. and look at verses 24 and 25, the last two verses in God, John's gospel account. Yes, that's interesting as well. This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So he wrote these things so that we can believe. Right. You know, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, he comes back and, and makes this same point that you've read at yes. the end of chapter 20 and the chapter, end of chapter 21 of his gospel account. Mm -hmm. And he says in that fifth chapter of 1 John, verse 13, I write these things to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life mm -hmm. and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Yes. These things are written so that we can believe. Yeah. You know, you think about the impact of that, Gary, and, well, I should say the impact it should have on our lives. Yes. You know, how many times have we heard people say, well, you know, I hope I'm going to heaven. I, I, I don't know for sure if I'm saved. I, I really want to be. And John said, you can know. And not just because you feel it. No. But he says you can know because of what's written. Exactly. What is written there for us in God's Word. So what we do and search the Scriptures, Dennis, is of profound importance. It really is. Not because we're the ones doing it, no. but because 
It is God's word. Yes. And what it communicates to us. Yes, the most important message that man can ever receive. Now that message we have been studying about in this particular series of lessons. We've been asking the question, do you know Christ or do you just know about Christ? Mm -hmm. I think most people would probably speak up and say, oh, I know Christ. Right. But I'm afraid a whole lot of those, perhaps an overwhelming percentage, mm -hmm. if the truth were really to be told, would have to say, you know, I don't really know him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's more than I know about him. Yes. Because they're not living a life that demonstrates that they really know Christ, that they're in Christ. Yes. That they're walking with him on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Big difference between knowing about him and knowing him. It really is. Big difference indeed. Now, we've looked at this, and, and Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, so the next day he'd be on the cross, he is praying to the Father. And he talks about there in John chapter 17, verses 1 through 3, particularly in verse 3, Jesus ties eternal life with knowing God and knowing Christ, doesn't he? He sure does. Now that should settle the matter for us. We need to know Christ. Absolutely. Not just know about him, but mm -hmm. we need to know him. Mm -hmm. And, and well, let, let's drop down and let's look at some more passages of Scripture here. We've, we've looked at many passages here. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, which uh, we use to emphasize that nothing in our life is, a, as, is as important as developing this kind of relationship with our Savior, knowing Him. Mm -hmm. Paul talks about knowing Him in that particular text. Yes. In fact, he says, I gave up I counted all of these things that I used to think were so important as loss to know Christ. Yes, and he even went to the point of calling those former things rubbish. Rubbish, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Now, we also looked at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 16, and we noted that properly applying our knowledge of him develops our spiritual maturity. Yes. So when somebody says, oh, I know Christ, but they're living a life that obviously is not spiritually mature, mm -hmm. and they've been living that spiritually immature life for a long, extended period of time, mm -hmm. they need to step back and ask themselves, do I really know him, mm -hmm. or do I just know about him? Yes. Knowing him is going to necessarily lead you to live a life in which you're going to grow spiritually. That's right. And if you are a spiritual pygmy, then your spiritual growth has been stunted mm -hmm. and you're not where you ought to be. There's right. a reason why you have not grown spiritually. Mm -hmm. You need to grow up. Yes. And Paul talks about that as well, doesn't he, in Ephesians chapter 4. Yes, he does. Now, we looked at a, a couple of examples in our last program one, Felix, the Roman governor over Judea, he listens to Paul, he and his wife, Drusilla, and Paul reasoned with them about faith in Christ. Right. Now, he talked about some other specifics as well, mm -hmm. but they were all related to faith in Christ. Yes. 
But at the end of the account, Felix doesn't do anything, does he? No, he puts Paul off. Yes, at least, at least we never have any record scripturally of his ever becoming a Christian. We don't. Then we looked at King Agrippa and also the next Roman governor, Festus. And as Paul was making a defense before them, because he was a, a prisoner at this time, he preaches the gospel. Yes, he does. So both Festus and more especially perhaps King Agrippa knew about Christ. They did. They were hearing the gospel of Christ. Paul even affirmed in his own mind, but he speaks it verbally, ah, when he's talking to, to King Agrippa, I know you believe the prophets. Yes. And the point being the prophets prophesied of the coming of the Messiah. Right. And that was Jesus Christ. Yes. And yet, once again, Festus's response is, Paul, you're crazy. <laughs> you're talking about somebody coming back from the dead, the resurrection of Christ. You're nuts. Mm -hmm. Paul responds reasonably mm -hmm. and controlled and he says, oh, no, most noble Festus, I'm not mad, but I speak words of truth and reason. Right. And Agrippa responds. He doesn't call Paul crazy, but he says, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. That's right. But once again, just as with Felix, we never have any scriptural account that Agrippa ever pulled the trigger, so to speak, do we? We don't. Never have any record that he ever became a Christian. So here were three men, for sure, who knew about Christ, mm -hmm. but no indication that they ever came to know Christ. Mm -hmm. How many people do you suppose you've preached to in your life and studied with personally during all that time you were preaching and uh, full-time, and then since then you've still preached and you've still taught? How many, how many people do you suppose you've taught the gospel to who never responded to oh that my. gospel. <laughs> That's a hard thing to estimate, Gary. Uh, you know, you, you would right away think, well, probably not that great a number, but probably more than I would think, more sure. than I would guess. Well, once again, how many times did you preach? Mm -hmm. How many years did you preach? Mm -hmm. And then since you have gotten out of full-time preaching, mm -hmm. how many times have you preached since then? How many times have you taught Bible classes? Yes. How many people were under the sound of those lessons during all of those, on all those occasions? Mm -hmm. Thousands. Oh, yes. When you put them all together, thousands. Mm -hmm. And yet, how many of those actually came to the point where they came to know Christ? Yes, probably the minority. And I suspect that that's the way it is, generally speaking, mm -hmm. with people mm -hmm. across the board. I think you're right. More just know about Christ, mm -hmm. I'm afraid, than actually know Christ. Mm -hmm. More than likely, that's correct. We need to be honest. Each one of us, each of our listeners needs to ask themselves, they need to answer the question, do you truly know Christ or do you just know about Christ? Mm -hmm. Where is your life? Yes. Where is your life? 
you might say, oh, I've, I've, I've got a spiritual life. I've got faith. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you living? Mm-hmm. Are you serving God and Christ on a daily basis? Are you reading God's Word regularly? Are you applying those teachings in a focused and conscientious way to your daily living? Are you at church services even on a regular basis? Do you use language that would contradict that statement, knowing Christ? You know, Gary, I'm thinking of a situation I was in uh, several years back. It was during the time that I was preaching on a full-time basis and uh, was in Sturgis, South Dakota at the time. And I was asked to help study the Bible with an individual who was in the hospital. He was actually dying of cancer. And there's a veteran's hospital just outside of Sturgis where he was located. And the man's brother was a faithful member of the church in uh, another community in South Dakota. And he'd been studying with him for years. You know, trying to convince him of the very things that we're talking about in this study. Knowing Christ, you know, having a relationship with him, living that life that's obedient to him, that's pleasing to God. And when I got involved with the man, he was near the end of his life. Um, it was after a service one Sunday afternoon, I went up to the hospital and met his brother there and met this man for the first time and we spent a good deal of time looking at the scriptures and at the end of it you know I asked him you know do you believe what we're telling you do you believe in essence that Jesus is the son of God your only savior and yes he said I do believe that his brother looked at me and he said well do we need any more and I said that's good enough for me You know, we need to get him baptized. And uh, there was a chaplain who was at the hospital up there, and he said, oh, yeah, we can uh, get you a cup of water over here, and we can get him baptized. (laughs) And I just, in essence, stood between the chaplain and the man and kind of pinned him against the wall to keep him out of the way. And we arranged to have the man baptized in a hospital bath. Uh, We got that accomplished. I believe it was the next day, maybe the next evening, I went up to visit him and his wife and his two sons were in the room. And uh, just as I was getting there and introduced myself to them and was visiting with them for just a bit, the man that we had baptized looked over at them, just straight at them. And he said, well, what about it? You're going to be with me in heaven or not? Wow, what a question. Oh, You know, sometimes in a situation like that, a person may think, have I done the right thing? You know, is this individual medicated to the point that they understand what they're doing? When I heard him say that, I thought, yeah, yeah, we did the right thing. No doubt about it. Two days later, I was helping bury him physically, uh, officiating at his funeral. My, my. 
What a blessing that he had been spared long enough to learn that truth. Yes, and you know, it, it wasn't a long time that he had to live following his baptism. And yet at that point, I would say that he knew Christ. Oh, I, I would say amen to that. Yes. Now, you've connected baptism there with his coming to know Christ. Yes. How about turning to Romans chapter 6 there? And, and let's read verses 3 through 5 and understand why you make that connection. Paul said, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Paul paints a beautiful imagery there Mm -hmm. of baptism paralleling on a spiritual plane the literal, physical death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Absolutely. Jesus literally died on the cross. He was literally Mm -hmm. put in that tomb, buried Mm -hmm. in that tomb, Mm -hmm. sealed up, and literally came forth from the grave alive. Right. Paul says we're baptized into his death. Right. Now, when you baptize or when you bury somebody, we all understand what happens at, at, at a burial. You mm-hmm. cover them up. Mm-hmm. And that's what the word baptizo means in the original language, the Greek. Mm-hmm. Bury, plunge, yes. dip, submerge. All right. So he says we're buried with him mm-hmm. through baptism into death. So you die to that old life of sin. Mm-hmm. You're buried. Mm-hmm. You're buried in that water of baptism buried all the way into that water, under it. And then, just as Christ came forth from that literal grave, the individual who is baptized comes up out of that watery grave. They don't stay down there. Mm -hmm. They come up out of that watery grave, and at that point they have been forgiven of their sins. Mm -hmm. They have come to salvation. They are in Christ. Because, again, what does it say in verse 3? We're bab- as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Mm-hmm. And I love that last phrase in verse 4 where he said this new believer is raised to walk in newness of life. And, of course, that relates to the idea that we're dead to sin at that point. We are partakers of a new life. Yes, all that old life is over with. It's finished We've been forgiven through the blood of Christ. Yes. As we were buried with him in that, those waters of baptism, the blood that he shed on the cross cleansed us of the guilt of our sins. Yes. And as, they, as it did, we came to salvation in mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And later, two chapters later, in chapter 8 and verse 1 of, of Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Right. Now, I would suggest to you, in fact, I would, I would strongly uh, encourage you to, to come to the understanding that if you're walking according to the flesh, then you probably don't know Christ. Oh, yes. I think that's certainly an appropriate statement. You have to be walking according to the spirit. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about miracles here. I'm talking about 
walking by the teachings of God's word mm -hmm. communicated through that word mm -hmm. because the spirit guided those writers to write those, those teachings. Exactly. So as you follow the teachings of scripture, then you are being led by the spirit. You're walking in the spirit. Yes. Now, again, we want to encourage our listeners, stop and think about where your life is. Mm -hmm. Are you living a life that demonstrates a relationship with Christ? Now, don't automatically knee-jerk say, oh, yes, but now you're living with somebody you're not married to. Mm -hmm. You are taking part in all kinds of sinful practices. You use language that you ought to be ashamed of and ought to blush over, mm -hmm. but it's your regular language. Mm -hmm. You cheat and you lie. Maybe you even steal. Mm -hmm. You maybe even have hatred in your heart. Don't tell me if any of those kinds of characteristics or any combination of those characteristics describes your life or anything like that describes your life. Don't tell me you know Christ. Mm -hmm. Most likely, more correctly, you just know about him. Mm -hmm. And you right. need to change that. Absolutely. We'd love to help you learn how. It's not magical. It's not mystical. It's not hocus pocus. It's not just saying a lot of really high sounding words trying to make you feel good about yourself while you continue on in the lifestyle you're living. We'll help you study from God's Word mm -hmm. how to truly come to know Christ. Please contact us and ask us for that free Bible study. And please come and study in, and, and learn with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ.